The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend on this show, we discuss talks from the most recent general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and hopefully have a bit of fun. And with that intro, I probably should have put it into first person because it's actually just me today. I'm your host flying solo today, Matthew Watkins, and we'll be discussing Elder Uchtdorf's talk, Jesus Christ is the Strength of Parents. Now, this is a talk that if you are a parent, you're probably going to read it and feel a little bit guilty, or you're going to certainly realize areas where you're falling short. I offered or asked my wife to come join me for this episode, and she says, oh, we're going to talk about how we're falling short. You can go ahead and take that one yourself. So I will be here representing our own uh, shortcomings by myself today. Um, This is a very opportune and uh, very momentous talk for us as we just had our fourth child. And Elder Uchtdorf starts out with a question that hits my mind every time one of my children is born. He asks rhetorically, but not so rhetorically, have you ever thought about the tremendous risk our Heavenly Father takes each time he sends a child to earth? Every time one of my children is born, yes, I can answer that with a resounding yes. Yes, I think of that risk. It is a daunting thought to hold this little baby and to know about his or her tremendous divine potential and all the things that have to go right in this world, counteracting the world, I should say, all the pressures that you have to set up to oppose, the strong faith you have to live, you have to get to know their personality, receive revelation for what they need. It's a daunting responsibility. So, and it is very easy to mess up. So yes, I am aware of the risk. But if I could respond to Elder Uchtdorf, I might respond with this scripture from 2 Nephi. This is chapter 27, verse 20. And this is a scripture that I read that had major implications for me as I was on my mission. You see, as a missionary and as a parent, you know that there is a huge weight put on you, that as a representative of the Lord and you're in charge of basically preparing someone for the ordinances of salvation, you've got to teach them the gospel. You've got to make sure you get it right. And if you get it wrong that has some pretty drastic implications, even potentially eternal implications. That's a scary thought. You're going to entrust me with this investigator or this child's soul. Are you insane? But here the Lord comforts us. In 2 Nephi 27, 20, he reminds us, I am able to do mine own work. When I read that, and when I read that as a missionary, what that was a reminder to me is he was saying, I love my children more than you do. I'm not going to let them fail just because you didn't get the right word choice in a lesson. I'm not going to let my children fail just because of your shortcomings as a parent. I'm not going to send them to a lower kingdom of glory just because you couldn't get your act together, Matthew. That is a comforting thought to me, that as long as I'm doing my best, 
even if I'm not doing my best, the Lord's going to make sure that my investigators, my children, that those under my stewardship in church don't miss out on eternal blessings because of my temporal mortal shortcomings. So there's a little bit of, of comfort to answer Elder Uchtdorf's question. Um, the next piece that stuck out to me was a little farther down in the talk, where he talks about the privilege and the responsibility of parenting. He asks us to accept this privilege and responsibility courageously and joyfully, right? No need to be a grumpy, depressed parent. And then he gives this counsel that I think is super key. And this definitely harkens back to his previous talk, October 22, Jesus Christ is the Strength of Youth. This is the part two of that talk. He says, don't delegate this source of heavenly blessings to anyone else. I would add, even within the church, and you'll see why. Within the framework of gospel values and principles, you are the ones to guide your child in the details of daily decisions. This he brought up in the October 2022 conference, where he introduced the new For the Strength of Youth pamphlet. Gone are the number of earrings. Gone is the dress in the hemline. Gone are the, uh, the strictures against tattoos. Gone are so many of these what we might call fence laws. Guardrails to say, hey, if you're crossing over here, you're in big trouble. Because the problem that I seem to have picked up on, and you can check out our previous episodes with Brad McBride and Greg Matson, where we talked about this in more detail, is that we have outsourced our responsibility as parents to the church for setting the standards. Now, the church is supposed to teach principles, but as the Lord says, it's not me that I should compel in all things. We as parents should be taking those principles, going to the Lord, and establishing fence laws for our own families. Instead, we take something like when President McKay said, no Latter-day Saints should be watching R-rated movies. And my understanding of why he said that is, look, if you're watching something that's rated R, you definitely know you've gone too far. Instead, what we as a church took out of that is, Everything up to and including PG-13 is perfectly fine. Every movie that's not R, you can just go see it, whatever. That's not really the standard. That's not the standard. What is the standard? Even in the older version of For the Strength of Youth is anything that offends the spirit. But it's so much easier to just outsource our parenting to the MPAA. If the MPAA says it's not good enough, it's rated R, well, that's, that's a stand-in for actual revelation. Elder Uchtdorf is asking us to move beyond that, not to delegate this responsibility to anyone else. If our children are to survive in this dispensation, we need to be receiving revelation on how to guide them. Now, I love it when general authorities and missionaries and other people, when they're teaching, they promise blessings for obeying the gospel. And that is really incentivizing and really helpful. However, some of us, myself included, we respond a little bit better to sticks than carrots. <laughs> um, and I say this because it's a good thing to not just promise blessings, but promise opposition as well. As every missionary can tell you, you'll promise the blessings of living the gospel. Those often don't kick in for a while. But Satan is aware the moment an investigator sets a baptismal date, and he unleashes all of his fury to try and keep it from happening. And here Elder Uchtdorf promises opposition. He promises parents, Satan will oppose you, distract you try to discourage you. That distract is key because I know that I'm on my phone way too much. How about you? But then he comes with this promise, but the Savior will help you, guide you, and encourage you. Seek his help. Inquire of the Lord. Now, when I see that line, inquire of the Lord, my mind jumps to 1 Nephi 15. I've shared this before. Nephi has just seen this panorama vision 
of all the tree of life and everything his father saw, plus the interpretation, plus the entire history of his nation, plus the entire vision of St. John the Revelator, as we have in Revelation, and the entire history of the world. He's seen it all. And he comes down from the mount after that four chapters long vision. His brothers are disputing. Laman and Lemuel are arguing with each other. No shock there, right? What are they arguing about? We don't know the meaning of Father's vision. And Nephi asks him, have ye inquired of the Lord? No, God's not going to tell us anything like that. And he's like, well, how are you going to know if you're not going to ask him? I sense a little bit of that frustration sometimes from the general authorities. Certainly, Yolrudor's not frustrated. He sounds way too like a nice, jolly German to do that. But when he tells us, inquire of the Lord, in the talk, he puts an exclamation point. Get on your knees. Seek revelation about your children. How often do we have children that we wrestle with? And then if uh, you bring it to the bishop, hey, yeah, we're just really struggling with this teenager. How often are you praying for him? Oh, uh, probably uh, uh, once uh, uh, during family prayers. Okay, but are you wrestling with God over him? Well, no. Okay, well, if you're not putting that level of thought into it, what makes you think the Lord's going to intervene? Again, this is me speaking from a place of no credibility here to be getting on anyone's case because we have troubles with our own children that as I've prayed, say, oh, Heavenly Father, what are we going to do about this? He's like, oh, well, this is actually the first time you've been talking to me about this in a while, so let's keep working on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, the next piece that jumps out to me in Elder Uchtdorf's talk, <clears throat> he this one, he says, your efforts may seem small compared to the loud voices your children hear in the world. At times, it may feel that you're not accomplishing much. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, we, last time we tried to have family community, which I will be the first to admit is not every week, maybe not even every month, but we can't even get our children to sit. Like, I'm not saying sit through the lesson. I'm saying to sit down at the same time, like where all four or all three bums are like on the couch. Like there's no millisecond where that actually happens. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little stressful. Like we can't get through prayers without them punching each other. So Yes, it can feel completely difficult. I wish I were exaggerating. Um, Elder Uchtdorf gives us promise, though. One home evening, one gospel conversation, or one good example may not change your child's life in a moment, any more than a drop of rain causes a plant immediately to grow. But the consistency of small and simple things day after day nourishes your children much better than an occasional flood. Now, I linked two talks here, and these are going to be in the show notes. The two talks that I linked to this wonderful section, October 2009 Journal Conference by Elder Bednar, More Diligent and Concerned at Home, and he makes this point where he talks about how difficult it was with his boys um, not paying attention in family scripture study and everything, and he and his wife Susan feeling like they weren't doing anything, and he points out, you know, and truth be told, my sons probably can't remember a single lesson we taught them, but they remember that we did it. And they remember that we were consistent. That was what was important. Um, in April 2011, uh, Elder uh, Jeffrey R. Holland shared a similar thing. I love the specific wording on his. He says, You keep trying to hold family home evening in spite of the bedlam that sometimes reigns in a house of little bedlamites. <laughs> I just love. I, I sometimes see my Okay, listen, you little bedlamites. Come on. <laughs> I just want to share that. That was fun. Um, so yes, consistency is a huge thing. I will also add to what Elder Uchtdorf says about consistency, about not letting perfect become the enemy of the good. I'll share my own parents and family for an example, uh, in two cases, for consistency and for not letting perfect become the enemy of the good. First, for consistency. 
my mom had this idea that we all wanted to do family uh, scripture study, and it just wasn't really working in the evenings. So she dragged us out of bed at 5 a.m. as a family to do scripture study. Now, this was not like my entire childhood. This was like six months max of our lives that she was actually focused on this because this was before dad would go to work. It was awful. I did not feel any spiritually closer to God because of a result of that. I resented it. All my brothers resented it. We did our best to make it as miserable as possible. I will admit that. And uh, it must have worked because after a few months, we stopped doing it. But I remember now, two decades later, that we did it, right? That looking back, that was a priority of my mom. Scripture study as a family was important enough for her who got far less sleep than we teenage boys did to get up at 4.30 a.m. to make breakfast to wake us up at 5 a.m. to deal with our grouchiness, not just in the morning, but all day as a result of this, because it was that important. That is what left the impact on me. Second thing I'll share is as we were older, um, even older teenagers, uh, family home evening just wasn't really working. Um, a lot of the kids weren't necessarily super uh, excited about a spiritual lesson all the time. Um, it seemed awkward. It seemed forced. It just, it didn't really seem to go like you kind of imagine it would go. And so again, credit to my inspired mom. She says, well, okay, what can we do? You know what we do like? We like movies. So once a week, we're going to have an old movie night and we're going to stream a movie from the fifties and we're going to laugh at it and we're going to talk about it and we're going to have some popcorn and maybe a prayer at the end. And you know, there wasn't a lot of talking of Christ and rejoicing of Christ and teaching your children what source they should know, you know, to look for a mission of sins. But our family was drawn closer together. Our family bonded and oftentimes conversation did evolve. You start where you are. You don't stay there, but you start with what works for your family. If you can just get a consistent pattern, even if it's just something like a movie night, start there. Uh, back to Elder Ruchdor's talk, the next section that jumped out to me wonderful promise. He said, as you are prayerful and sensitive to the Spirit, He will warn you of hidden dangers. This is a true promise, by the way. Um, there's one of my children that from a very young age, and by the way, my children are sweet. I have, mortally, I have no concerns about their behavior, about their attitudes. I don't, I mean, they're all very young, but I, I can't see, you know, dangerous spiritual crocodiles right now. But there's one of my kids who I would say is probably the kid that's most attuned and most spiritual right now. And I received a specific and distinct impression that she's the one that I need to worry about most. And as I thought and I prayed about it, I said, what do you mean? She's the one that's the nicest. And I thought and I prayed about it. And the prompting that came to me says, yeah, and you're putting all your efforts towards the others. Ooh, guilt trip there. That was a hidden danger I was not paying attention to. He goes on to say, he will reveal your children's gifts, their strengths, and their unspoken concerns. I love the footnote he adds here about the unspoken concerns. He references Alma talking to his son, Corianton. And all these verses that he lists in here, where Alma saying, now my son, I perceive that you're worried about this, and I perceive that you're questioning that, and I perceive that this part's weighing on your mind. I never thought about that before, but that is an example of a perceptive, in-tune father who you often think about when, you know, our thoughts and our concerns are made known to people. You think of, you know, King Lamoni, right? Ammon. You think about these missionary opportunities where the Lord reveals some other person's thoughts and concerns. But here it's happening to Alma. 
because it's his son. It doesn't have to just be in the missionary uh, realm. God will help your see you. God will help you see your children as he sees them. Oh, I love that quote too. And here I put a footnote or a link to the April 2017 conference, Elder Iring's talk, which I'll also link in the in the show notes. Walk with me. I remember hearing this talk when I was 17 years old in high school because this story really stuck out to me. Um, it is a great story when Elder Iring was a bishop. He gets a phone call. Uh, this car had crashed through the lobby of a bank one night. And when the police showed up, you know, pulled out their guns, the driver stepped out of the car and drunkenly said, don't shoot, I'm a Mormon. <laughs> so, so really, so they got a hold of Bishop Iring, and Bishop Iring finds out that this is a recent convert member of their church, young man, and he pulls him in his office, and he's ready to give him just this smoking tongue lashing. And he, uh, as he's about to do that, the Spirit intervenes. Elder Iring says, as I waited to speak to him in the bishop's office, I planned what I would say to make him feel remorseful for the way he'd broken his covenants and embarrassed the church. But as I sat looking at him, I heard a voice in my mind say, just as clearly as if someone were speaking to me, quote, I'm going to let you see him as I see him. And then for a brief moment, his whole appearance changed to me. I saw not a dazed young man, but a bright, noble son of God. I suddenly felt the Lord's love for him. That vision changed our conversation. It also changed me. So when Elder Uchtdorf extends this promise and tells us God will help you see your children as he sees them beyond their outward appearance and into their hearts, that is a powerful lesson. The next piece that jumped out to me in Elder Uchtdorf's talk, he goes back to talking about FSY, For the Strength of the Youth, and the conferences, and the purpose of all that stuff. And then he starts talking about miracles. Now, those of you who have children older than myself, where right now my miracle is, hey, we made it through the day without killing them. <laughs> Maybe you're looking at back as empty nesters or parents of teenagers and thinking the miracle would be as if they ever come back to the fold. Elder Uchtdorf specifically talks a lot about that. And he gives us counsel. In Heavenly Father's plan, families' relationships are meant to be eternal. This is why, as a parent, you never give up. Even if you are not proud of how things went in the past. What an inspiring message that is. It doesn't matter what's happened before. You know, I, I love to think about the gospel in terms of secular subjects that I'm passionate about, whether it's computer science or physics, or in this case, economics. When you make financial decisions, it doesn't do any good to dwell on the past, right? That's called the sunk cost fallacy. It doesn't matter how much you've invested in a bad investment. All that matters is what you do now. You think at the margin. You think about the decision here and now and how that will impact the future. It seems that Elder Uchtdorf is hinting at that same approach to parenting. You never give up even if you're not proud of how things went in the past. It doesn't matter. Move forward. Take a new day, a new step in the right direction, no matter how much momentum there is going in the opposite, and change that direction. That's all I have to share with you today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. In this episode, we discuss Elder Uchtdorf's address, Jesus Christ is the Strength of Parents. Check out the show notes for this episode for all the other awesome talks that I linked here, as well as all the other resources for our other episodes. 
If you want to follow me, Matthew Watkins, you can find me at powerinthebook.com. You can also find me at Twitter. My handle is at joyfulrepenter. But while we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. Remember, we love speaking about the church and our leaders, but we never speak for them. Everything we say on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. Join us next week for the Conference Talk Podcast. Thank you.